For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions, as Ole Miss prepares to take on Kentucky Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Time on SEC Network, looking for its first win. So is Kentucky. A lot of questions. Y'all answered the bell. But before we jump into it, let me tell you about my bookie. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At MyBookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice! The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code TOC, TOC, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. It's a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit, been on Twitter, on with me, of course, your co-host. The esteemed Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. So many questions to get to in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, I don't care what you say as long as it's a five-star review. And so many of you have taken that to heart, and I appreciate the handful of reviews I've read recently. All positive. But if you want to say, Ben, you suck, I'm cool with it. Just make sure it's a five-star Ben, you suck. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, an affiliate of 247 Sports. Brad, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Ben? You fired up? You ready for some Kentucky? Let's do it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. I was, I was pretty hyped after the game. I've kind of settled down. I've mellowed out a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see if we can if we can put it put it back out there. Let's let's see what this defense brings this week. Um, we can get a little better on defense. Got the offense um, continue where it left off from last week. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Three days after you said that Ole Miss could potentially compete for the SEC West, are you still riding that high, or are you backing off a little bit? No, I'm still I'm still with it, man. I, I think. Obviously, I said Alabama is going to be a tough test, but I do like the fact that um, that Lane knows those guys, and I feel like he can get under Saban's skin a little bit. But a- after that, after Alabama, man, I feel like everything else is pretty even. I mean, it's after week one, looking at everybody, I feel like the rest the rest is pretty even. Florida's up there pretty good, but within the West, I mean, I feel like we should be in every game um, and have a chance in every game. And, and obviously, this could change a couple weeks from now if, if we start – struggling or whatever but but looking after week one I think that it's I think it's a fair game in the west uh, besides you know Alabama obviously I don't think I can answer this question and it not be disingenuous because I've said that Lane Kiffin and this Ole Miss staff and across the country every single program this is a free shot year because of all the crazy circumstances so I'll let you tell me is Kentucky a must-win game yeah, I think I think looking at us, I, th- I think it's it's a must-win game for us just just for the simple fact that we played, we competed with Florida. You know, some things go our way that game. We're in there. I think this will really tell the tale this week if, if we're as good as I as I as I thought we looked on offense. If we go out there and it's more of the same, um, you know, on defense and, and Kentucky gets after us a little bit, you know, I could I could change my tune a little bit. But I think I think we come out there and and compete and beat beat Kentucky. We show right there, hey man, we're we're much better than people thought we were. 
Ole Miss may or may not have Otis Reese on Saturday. The SEC cleared the way for Otis Reese, Cade Mays of Tennessee, and Joey Gatewood, the quarterback transfer from Auburn to Kentucky. So Ole Miss will face Joey Gatewood on Saturday. Whether or not Otis Reese will be in the defensive backfield, we don't know. While the SEC is allowing these in-conference transfers for this year only, they'll reassess maybe next year. The NCAA has still not cleared Otis Reese, so we'll wait and see, I guess. Maybe we'll hear something Thursday or Friday. I don't know how you clear Cade Mays and Joey Gatewood if you're the NCAA and not clear Otis Reese, but as each and every one of you know, having listened to me for so long, I hate the NCAA and find it to be a comically hypocritical organization, so far be it for me to try to guess. But Otis Reese, potentially, maybe... At least the SEC is allowing in-conference transfers eligibility this year because that at least gets rid of one hurdle for Otis Reese. Now the NCAA, do your job. Also, on Wednesday, Ole Miss picked up a commitment. Four-star safety Tysheem Johnson, and he cited Chris Partridge as the biggest reason why he's committing to Ole Miss. He's Ole Miss's third four-star prospect committed. Before he committed, Ole Miss was 61st in the country, 13th in the SEC, I think recruiting's about to start picking up. If you continue to show competitiveness, the brand of football that you saw on Saturday, and knowing a defensive player, you can go into a Zoom call because you can't go into his home. You can go into a Zoom call and say, man, you can step in and play right now. You can step into this defensive secondary right now, and that's going to play. Uh, but if you're an offensive player, you have to be excited when you turn on the film or when you turn on a game on Saturday and watch Ole Miss play. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, you, you look at what Lane Kiffin um, and Jeff Levy roll, rolled out there this week as a quarterback, receiver, running back. I mean, it, it was overall. If I was a recruit, I'd be really excited about that. And then you look at the flip side, man. You look at our defense, and you say, hey, if, if there was a place I could go play pretty quick, it's it's on the Ole Miss defense. So, <laughs> yep. and 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 I, and I hope that and I hope they're really focusing on the defense this year and, and just really can catch up on that side of the ball and. The more four-star defensive players we can get in there, let's let, let's get them in there and let's 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 get them rolling. Business is picking up for Ole Miss football. Matt Corral recently by two four seven after week one was ranked as the number four quarterback in the SEC. Brad and I both agreed. Mississippi right now probably houses the two best quarterbacks in the SEC West. The defense you knew they were going to be bad, but offensively for them to be that far along when no one really expected that. Even Lane Kiffin admitted that he did not expect Ole Miss to be that far along. To do that against Florida, now you got momentum. Recruiting's picking up. You see what they're going to be. It's an exciting time. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, and another thing in recruiting that I feel like is, is you know, got me worried this year is, is man, the, the thing that really sells Ole Miss is when you come visit it. And um, since, since I know Lane's going to be going after, you know, more national tight recruits. I, I feel like a lot of people that haven't been here wouldn't understand how special the place is. And, you know, if you get these guys on campus, that's, that's when you fall in love with, with this town and, and, and what the campus looks like and the whole, the whole um, attitude and atmosphere around Ole Miss and Ole Miss football. So that, that, that got me a little concerned, but, but man, I mean, I, I think Lane and them will be creative. I saw a video they put out, the video gave me chills. It was really nice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what they can bring here and, and how they can get it rolling and get this, get this thing going. It's such an important point. Ole Miss has to constantly fight against on the recruiting trail, all of these bad faith arguments made against them by opposing schools going after kids. They basically tell these kids that Ole Miss is this racist KKK loving Dixie wet dream. And then once the kids get on campus, they realize it's not like that at all. So to not have the ability, especially if you're Chris Partridge that comes from Michigan, Maryland, that area, and you're used to recruiting that area, bringing a kid and not getting him down south but then trying to get him committed, it's impossible. You have to be able to get these kids on campus. You can only do so much if you really expect Ole Miss to start really committing highly ranked kids at some point. These kids have to be able to visit campuses. And I think we're getting to a point – where they're going to start to allow at least a few. I don't know when that's going to be. They extended the dead period, I think, to December, maybe to January. But at some point, these kids got to come on campus. And when they do, because you're a big recruit hosting guy, if they really wanted a guy, you're one of the guys they put them on. And once you take those guys around and they see it, the reaction is always the same. I didn't know it was this awesome, right? 
Absolutely. Listen, man, I fought for for my whole career in the NFL. I fought that that you know the the, the perception of Ole Miss outside of people that have no clue and have never visited is exactly what you say it is. And it's it's honestly sad because that's not what Ole Miss is at all. I mean, th- these people here, they, they, they love every player, no matter the race, no matter, you know, where they're from. I mean, if you're an Ole Miss Rebel, they embrace you here. And I don't care what anybody says about that. And I, and I will argue that until the day I die because I witnessed it. I witnessed if you're if you're a good, solid Ole Miss Rebel, this fan base will take care of you. And a lot of people understand that. They, they look at Ole Miss, they look at the perception. They've never been anywhere near Mississippi, and, and they have no clue what it's like to get here. That's why from time to time people will come visit, and they're shocked. They're totally shocked. They think it's something that, that's been that's been drawn up to them in their mind, and they get here, and it's – I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful place, and it's, it welcomes all. And you can't argue any different. I've seen it going for years. I've seen them take care of some of the greatest Rebels of all time here. Well said, and that's enough vamping. It's time to get to the mailbag. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The, The mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up, movies are great. It's the Talk of Champions mailbag brought to you by Modern Woodman. There's no easy, quick way to transition to the mailbag, so we just jump right into it. Y'all answered the bell. I put it out there on Wednesday morning. Hey, give me some questions. It's been a little bit since we've done a mailbag. Brad's never done a mailbag. This is a baptism First by one. fire. Yeah, you are jumping into the fire, my friend. 39 questions. <laughs> my God, all we needed was almost to play a little football to fire y'all up and to ask some questions. So let's just jump into it. Colby Joseph Wallace at X-Ray Rebel. All right, here you go, Brad. If Florida goes 10-1 and one and loses SEC Championship and UGA goes 9-1, and one, with UGA being their only loss, would UGA get in over a 9-0 and Big Ten champ with Bama and Clemson running the table, I don't think so. I think that I think that the Big Ten school, just to keep it fair, I think the Big Ten school would get in over them. Um, now, if it was a Pac-12 or was it Pac-10, whatever they are, Pac-12, I don't think so. But I think the Big Ten they they hold a little bit hold a little bit more weight, and I think they I think they would get in. I think that the selection committee would want to diversify the four-team field as much as they could. So if they could avoid three SEC teams, they're going to avoid three SEC teams. So I agree with you completely. Colby Joseph Wallace at X-Ray Rebel. Oh, God. Who has a better deep ball, Dontario Drummond or John Rice Plumley? Oh, I can't answer that, man. Drummond's ball was solid. I'm it not going to lie to you. It was. Drummond, Drummond dropped that thing. And he, I think he did it on the run a little bit, too. But – I'm going to still go with John Rice, man. I mean, I, I'm, I, I think that Drummond had some adrenaline rolling and he, you know, he flicked that thing up there. I think consistently John Rice could get him. Yeah, probably. That's a really good one, though. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. Cody N. Sanders at Southern Sanders. Number one, a bit off topic, but I hope you'll answer anyway. Lots of discussion regarding a permanent 10-game SEC schedule. If this were to come to fruition... How would that impact smaller programs competing at the FCS level? If they did stick with this, I don't think they're going to, but if they did stick with this, FCS schools are screwed. Because what happens is an Ole Miss pays an FCS school to come play so they can beat the crap out of them. That money goes away. So much of their budget is just absolutely zapped. So I just don't think there's any way that those programs survive. Nate Clark, do you think that Kentucky will be a good barometer for how Ole Miss will fare the rest of the season? Yeah, I, absolutely. I think. I mean, we talked about this earlier, but I think. I think. Yeah, I think it does. I think it's. Uh, um, I think it's a good test for Ole Miss going in. This will kind of tell us where you know, kind of where we sit. Are, are we in the middle of the pack? Are we a little above? Or are we a little below it? 
you know, if we come out there and knock Kentucky off, I think it's a, I think it would be, would show a lot to the, to the Ole Miss fans and, and to the team itself. So I, I think this will be a great test for us. I'm really excited about it. Nate Clark again for Mr. Sal, especially do you have a burner account, Twitter account solely dedicated to comparing your NFL career, that's eight years, to Eric Norwood's pretty much non-existent, and how many times a day do you post on it? <laughs> I love it. Listen, I don't, I, I specifically do not do social media because I don't enjoy the negativity um, that, that comes with it. And so I gave it up a couple years ago. And I, I don't, I mean, I think that was about 12 years ago when I played that guy. Um, honestly, I've had worse games since then. It's, it's hard to believe, but I, but I have. Um, so, yeah, that, that was about 30, 30% of my life ago. So I, I don't know if I've even thought about that guy since then. Yeah, but Nate's giving you credit, man. You went on and had a great NFL career, and Eric Norwood, he had that one night. You know what the real problem was that night? It took Houston Nut way too long to put Dexter at running back. Yeah, honestly, dude, I can't remember one detail about that game. But, I mean, I, I, all, all, all I remember, man, I was, I was probably 19, 20 years old. And I, I mean, I, can't, I can hardly remember that game. But, yeah, all, I do remember how disappointing it was to lose it after being ranked, ranked fourth in the nation. But it was um, – yeah, I mean, dude, that was – shoot, that was so long ago. I can't even hardly remember the details of that game. The two things I remember – Standing on the field, it was the loudest I'd ever heard of field or stadium. It was shaking. The second thing was when you came in to talk to us, the FU you had written on your forehead could not be more clear. You had no interest being in there yeah. with us, buddy. Well, that's, that's terrifying because I, I, my, myself, that was what, 12 years ago. Myself, 12, 12 years ago, I, there's no telling what, where my mindset was or what I was thinking, but – I, I mean, I, I, hopefully I, I've grown since then. <laughs> oh, man. I can vouch for that. Yes, you have. Nubby at NubSup69. <laughs> Give me your all-time worst staff of former Ole Miss football coaches. Matt Luke doesn't count. That's cheating. Channel your inner Ross Bjork and try to destroy this program again. E, I don't – oh, my God. I hate, I hate throwing people under the bus. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'd have to think. Um, I can throw a few. I'll let you handle this question from the sheer fact I, I don't I don't like going that route, man. I mean, I, I, it's Ole Miss, man. We've had some bad deals over over the years. There's been there's been stretches where we've had some bad bad deals going on. So head coach would be Steve Sloan. Wesley McGriff would be in there as defensive coordinator. Now, if he's defensive backs coach and leading up recruiting, it's a little different. But we're going to put him as defensive coordinator because that was the worst defensive coordinating performance you could possibly see from a defensive coordinator. Mo Harris, I have no idea how he lasted so long. I like Mo. He's a really good dude. I have no clue how he lasted that long. Um, offensive line coach. The ones I had weren't bad. I mean, they really were. Art, Art Kia was he was unbelievable. I still Love use that some dude. of his techniques in the NFL. Um, coach Marcuson was very good in the run game. I mean, I think that the only reason why I, I question his pass blocking is because me and Bobby were so much better at pass blocking. We got to the NFL. Honestly, if I could have pass blocked the old mess, I think people would like me a lot more today. But um, they, yeah, I, I think I, as soon as I learned how to pass, well, I feel like I should have learned that in college a little, a little bit sooner. So, I mean, yeah, he was, Mike, Mike was a good dude and good coach, though. Those Houston Nut assistants, there's got to be a handful of them. Uh, Danny Nutt wasn't an assistant, but we, we got to put him in there somewhere. D Nutt was the hype man, though. He was walking around the building. He, 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 was, he gave you the best handshake you ever had in your life. He was also the guy that perused every single Ole Miss message board to see who was saying things that Houston didn't like and would report back to Houston. <laughs> I can see that yeah. 100%. Yeah. So Houston, if he's not the head coach, because Steve Sloan's the head coach, then Houston would be the tight ends coach. Why not? Because he was going to be the tight ends coach for the Cowboys until everybody said, Jerry, what the hell are you doing? And Jerry said, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's about as far uh, as I can go. You know what? Houston may have been a good a good NFL coach, man, because all, they, all NFL coaches do is they really just teach you the plays. I mean, some of them go technique-wise, but, I mean, you're – you're messing with dudes that already know. I mean, they know what they're doing. They're there for a reason. So he may have been all right. People, I think the guys would have actually liked him because you didn't really have to coach. You just have to kind of be like a, you know, a moderator. You know, you got to kind of, you know, help guys along. If they need technique, they'll ask you, and then you, you kind of pitch in. But most of the time in the NFL, like your coach is kind of like just one of the guys. I mean, it's not, it's not very technical. Jared Robinson at Jared underscore R25. Here you go, Brad. Where do you think Elijah Moore falls in the draft next year? And who's an NFL player he reminds you of? I think he could be a Jarvis Landry type player for the right team. That's a tough one to call. I think I think we'll have to keep seeing how his how his season goes. Um, you know, if he keeps putting up these kind of numbers, 
just by number's sake, I can see him really being, you know, second round that he can kind of play himself into. First round's tough for a guy that size and a slot receiver, but I think he's no worse. I mean, if the draft were next week, I think he's no worse than a fourth or fifth rounder, but I think he's one of those fourth or fifth rounders that's like a contributor and someone they expect to play. I just think his his measurements aren't going to, like, pop off at you, but I think that he's one of those guys that comes in and, and plays pretty pretty quickly. If I were to compare him to somebody in the NFL, um, I don't know. I think I think then we said we said Russell Gage yep. from yep. That's yeah, what that's, I said last week. Yep. So the Bears played the Falcons, obviously. So I watched the game. I still follow the Bears pretty pretty closely, and yeah, I, I can definitely see that comparison. Under the radar guy, like it's going to take a while for him to get respect, but he'll get a lot of receptions, and he'll he'll just be a solid player, man. I mean, it's not never going to be flashy, but he's he he's going to be there, and he's going to he's going to do well. I, I think I really think he's going to do well in the NFL. I do. Keenan Cole, that's another one. That's an Elijah Moore comp. Yeah, Keenan's a little bit. Yeah, he's a little bit taller, isn't he? He's a little bit taller, I think. Yeah, or is little, he? Yeah, they're about the same, but that kind of mold. That's what he fits. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Cole Crenshaw at Cole Crin twelve twenty two. I rewatched the game, and Matt Corral was much much better than I originally thought. I'm with you, Cole. The way he kept his eyes downfield and stepped up in the face of pressure was impressive. Yeah, it was. What are your thoughts on Matt Corral moving forward? Do you believe that performance was sustainable? There's nothing that tells me he can't do it. I mean, the, the problem with Matt Corral is we only saw him last year. So everybody has this perception. He's, I even had it as well. You know, it's me as well. So that he's, he's a certain type of quarterback. We may have just really seen who the real Matt Corral is by what this coach is, by the situation this coach has put him in, you know, scheme wise and stuff. So yeah, I think, I think he can, he can sustain this. It what, what was impressive to me was how his body language was better, one. And two, in the pocket, man, I mean, the kid was – I mean, he was pretty savvy in the pocket getting away from stuff. And he used his legs smart. He held on to the ball. He didn't force much. I mean, that's all growth that I was really hoping to see from him or somebody that was taking a snap for Ole Miss, and it was, um, it was there. And I, I'm, I'm excited about it. He was in complete control. He didn't look rushed. He was shoehorned into an offense that did not fit him. And that's why I think there was this opinion, including from me, that there was doubt about him coming into this year. But when you look at him in this offense, a similar offense to what he ran in high school when he was a four-star prospect, a U.S. Army All-American, do I think it's sustainable? Absolutely. Why? Because Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby are a significant step up from Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez for Matt Crow. Well, here's the thing. He's going to have to He's going to have to sustain it. There's no hook. Listen, oh, he has staff, to. The, the, the new staff is here, and if you don't, there's no excuses that you're out of there. So, yeah, the, the, Matt Crow's going to have to sustain it. Or Kiffin has he has all the the leverage in the world. He can put his guy in there. In any guy he he's looking for a quarterback, he can put his guy in there. So yeah, you have to. There's no other choice if you want to remain the Ole Miss quarterback. Because and when you're the, when you're when you first get to a program, you have all the power, man. You put you get your guys in there. So yeah, he's he's going to have to. He did it against Florida. This was not UT Martin. This was not UT Chattanooga. I don't know why I keep going to Tennessee schools. But anyway, (laughs) this was Florida. And that's the thing I keep coming back to. In a season opener, when you see these kind of things, it's only human nature because of the way we've watched football our entire lives, knowing what the typical season opening game is, to cast doubt on whether or not a performance like that is sustainable. But I keep going back to, that's Florida. 613 yards. He threw for 395, and if not for that fluky tipped interception into a defensive tackle stomach, he's probably got another touchdown, a hold on Elijah Moore. That's another touchdown. He almost had a perfect day. It was Florida, and that's what I keep coming back to. Jared Robinson at Jared underscore R25. Do you think Kiffin has accepted playing in a track meet against every team they play, or is there anything they can do to try to hold a team under 30 points? You know what? I like that question. I'm glad somebody asked that because I wanted to kind of get, touch on that. So if I'm the defensive coordinator right now, here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, listen, I'm under, I'm under man. I obviously don't have the depth these other teams have. Let's get, let's get as creative and gadgety as possible. And we're trying to get a couple of turnovers a game, trying to muster up a few stops. If they're going to score on us anyways, I don't want to see us sit, sit there rushing for and everybody stuck on the line and the quarterback sitting back there cooking steaks, throwing the ball all over us. Okay, if, if, if they're going to score on us anyways, let's bring the house and let's try to disrupt this, the other team as much as we can. We'll get in different looks. Let's run different coverages. Let's really 
let's throw the, let's throw the book of these teams. Let's just make it at least tough to prepare for every week. And, you know, maybe that creates some more turnovers or whatever. And then, you know, going into it, you know, Kiffin's got to know he's going to have to score a bunch of points just based off what we have. But if I'm the defensive guy, I'm going – if I'm Kiffin, I'm going to saying, hey, listen, you mix it up and get as crazy as you can possibly get. And let's try to get some get some people off balance. Let's try to get a few crazy turnovers. And, you know, hopefully our offense can put up more points by, by getting a few more turnovers. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. After watching Ole Miss one week – do you think the performance of the team will help recruiting, especially a player like Luke Altmyer? I'll answer that one. Luke Altmyer, excuse me. Yes, but if we're speaking specifically about Luke Altmyer, the reason why Mississippi State isn't in on him is they got two quarterbacks committed. He's from Starkville. He's currently committed to Florida State. Florida State is an absolute train wreck. In-state prospects will always have at least a tinge of draw to stay in-state. And Ole Miss has made itself the clear option for him if he wants to stay in state. And they made him their top and only really priority at quarterback. When you watch the game on Saturday, if you're Luke Altmyer, you can't help but be intrigued by this. I don't cover recruiting anymore. Cam Akers retired me. But from still speaking to people when I did cover recruiting, the momentum with Luke is real. And if I were a person at 247 that put in crystal balls, they tell me I need to put in crystal balls. I'm never going to do it. But if I were a person that did put in crystal balls, I would right now put in a crystal ball for Luke Altmyer to go to Ole Miss, and I'd be pretty confident about it. Anytime Ole Miss can showcase its offense under Lane Kiffin, that's going to help. Defensively, when they're bad, you can sell that to any kid because the number one draw for any kid these days, it's not staying at home. Academics, they want to play. They want to play. And if you're Luke Altmyer, you look at the situation at Ole Miss, Matt Corral, when he gets here, he might only have to sit for a year. If you're a defensive player, you look at that defense, I can step and I can play. Sam Mooney, at Sam Mooney Music. Some say that the main reason the coaching staff hasn't gone all in on a non-quarterback role for Plumlee is that we're a COVID case away from needing him at quarterback. Do you think that's why they limited his touches? Will we see more non-quarterback snaps for him later in the year or next year? I think that's partially to do with it. But also, as I alluded to in the preseason, John Rice was not going to rep anywhere else exclusively or predominantly until he knew he wasn't the quarterback. Well, now that decision has been made. So, yes, the COVID stuff, that's real. That's why Grant Tisdale, a few others, are listed as wide receivers. They're not wide receivers, but in the era of COVID, you have to have insurance policies. So, yes, that does play into it, but I'm not sure that John Rice Plumlee would be the first one off the bench if Matt Corral went down. Or if he had to sit with COVID. And I think moving forward, if John Rice Plumley wants a football career here at Ole Miss, an NFL future here at Ole Miss, it's either wide receiver or safety. And the more that becomes clear, if it's not clear enough already, the more he's going to start to rep at those places and then face the next chapter in his career. Noah Davis, if this year does not count towards an athlete's eligibility, then why don't we just go ahead and play Otis Reese? NCAA can't punish someone for playing an ineligible player when eligibility is thrown out the window for the year. The NCAA can write any rule it wants. It has no oversight. If you make the rules, you can do what you want. So, yeah, that sounds good in theory. Just throw up your middle fingers and say, screw you to the NCAA. Who's to say the NCAA can't punish you anyway? They can do what they want. Paxton Pearson at PaxPearson46. Oh, God, here we go, Brad. Will Luke Logan being a literal trash can? Well, he's not a literal trash can. He's a figurative trash can. If he was a literal trash can, he would be a trash can. The <laughs> odds of Lane Kiffin going for it on fourth down, on every fourth down, that usually would be automatic field goals. Because Luke Logan's so bad, will he go for it on fourth down every time? Should he go for it on fourth down every time? I think if we're close, you know, if we're 20 yard line or in, maybe let him kick it. You know, anything outside of that, as long as it doesn't put us in bad field position, I, I say we just take our chances. I mean, we're going to have to roll sevens this year, man. I mean, it's it's it doesn't – even if we had a good kicker, I don't think three is going to cut it a lot of the time. So, um, I, I think if you're if you're in there tight, let them kick it. If not, um, you know, let, let, let's go for it. Let, let's, be su- let's just be super aggressive. I mean, this is, this, this is the year to do it. Scott Pilant at Scott Pilant. Think of a more Ole Miss situation. I love this. It's too perfect. Week two of the season, SEC allows transfers in conference. Joey Gatewood misses Auburn and plays Ole Miss. That's going to happen. Otis Reese still not cleared by the NCAA. Fitting? Absolutely fitting. I know it sounds conspiratorial to say that the NCAA is out to get Ole Miss, but look at the evidence and tell me 
that Ole Miss doesn't get treated a little bit differently, if not completely differently, from other teams in the SEC? Why is Otis Reese waiting? Why is Cade Mays cleared? Why is Joey Gatewood cleared? Cade Mays came from Georgia, like Otis Reese. Same school. Same time frame. Cade Mays is cleared. What is the holdup with Otis Reese? And the problem, there is no transparency with the NCAA when it comes to these types of decisions. So why is the kid waiting? No explanation that justifies why this kid is having to wait. While these other two kids, after the SEC has relaxed its rule, are now getting to play. But Otis Reese, he's still waiting. Those guys, they got cleared. The NCAA said, you're good. They were waiting on the SEC. Otis Reese, he's still waiting. It doesn't make any sense. This game is about kids, man. This game is about about kids and doing what's best for them. If the rule is what it, it is what it is, and there's other kids in the same situation that are getting to play, do what's best for the kid. I mean, it, it, it benefits Otis Reese to be on the field, put him on the field. There's no there's no other explanation for it. I mean, if there's more to the story, come out and tell everybody so we know. Hey, this kid is not clear because of this, but stop leaving people in the dark and start start doing what's best for these kids. Tyler Lair at Lair Tyler. Tyler Knight looked good on defense in the Mississippi-Alabama High School All-Star game. Alabama and Georgia were recruiting JRP for safety. Do you think that would be a good move for those two, or should they stay on offense? Tyler Knight was tried on defense by the last def. It did not go well at all. John Rice Plumley, I could see that. But honestly, I think both of those kids, their future is on offense. Tyler Knight, his role is exactly what you saw on Saturday. Nothing more, nothing less, and a special teams guy. And that's fine. That's a good college career. That's a solid college career. John Rice, it's about time to move. And his future, like I told all of you guys for weeks, the backup plan for Ole Miss in the last staff, if he didn't work a quarterback, he was moving a slot receiver. He ran two routes to start the game. One was a stop and go. And he looked pretty natural doing it. If you're John Rice, look at Elijah Moore. If you don't think that there isn't a path for you, just look at Elijah Moore. You're about his size. He's going to leave. He's going to be gone after this year. Why not you? Yeah, I'm with it. I, I agree. I mean, they'll find a role for him. Let's let's you know, let's give it a couple more games and see what um, see what comes out of it. And um, yeah, we just got to see what they're going to do with him. I mean, he um, like you said. I mean, we could be one case away from getting in there. And like like I mean, I'm not so sure he is the guy that that they go with. But I mean, he's a great athlete. Let's let's see what Kiff and them do with him, and then, then we I think we judge from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's dude's athletic. He's gonna be he's gonna be in there somewhere, man. I mean, and, and not not to mention he can throw a little, so he kind of throws. You know, there's there's a lot of plays that can be ran with him, um, you know, trick wise, you know, wild all kinds of different stuff with this kid. So I mean, yeah, he's he's a good athletic body that needs to be on the field for Ole Miss somewhere. Gonna jump right back to Bradley Sound this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. But first, let's hear about BNA Bank and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC. An equal housing lender. Celebrate. Ole Miss football, it's here. We made it. We made it. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your Ole Miss car flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play, can you believe it, in style. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered, and no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with the delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like, simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork, review it with you on the phone, and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at alansamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. 
socially distanced, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. If I bought your name here, I'm sorry. Caleb Sailors? Sailors? At real Caleb Sailors. What needs to be done defensively to prevent opposing offenses from scoring on every possession? That kind of goes back to what I touched on earlier, man. Let's just be we gotta get we gotta get exotic. We gotta get crazy with it. I mean, we can't sit there and rush four and think we're gonna even have a chance to, to stop anybody. So I, I say we start lining up in a bunch of looks, you know, come after them a little bit. And, and you know, if, if, oh, oh, well, they, they get a big play on us. And they're, I mean, they're going to score on us anyway. So let's, let's try to throw them off. Let's try to get some stops. Let's try to be, be aggressive, throw some exotic looks, mix in some man zone, all kinds of different pressure from all over the place. And um, shoot, Kiffin should give them a chance to, to have fun with it, honestly. And then, you know, I think you start getting crazy because, I mean, there, there's teams in the NFL that are under man, you know, throughout my career as well that, Man, they, they were tough to play because you line up, you're like, hey, we're going to score some points on them. But, dude, they're going to be coming all over the place like like a like a rolling ball of butcher knife. So you got to be careful. Tyler Lair at Lair Tyler. Defenses in these next games will plan more to cover Elijah Moore. Who do you think is the next target that will connect with Corral? I think it's Drummond. I think I think Drummond showed last week that he's he could be a, a big-time target. And I, I think Yaboa, man. I mean, the That's tight what I was going to say. That, yeah. I, I'm in press with him and I think that um you know I mean you could try to cover Elijah you know whatever I mean I don't know that, that defense necessarily do that as as much as people think um you know NFL defenses for sure college I mean we'll, we'll see if a defense coordinator will actually switch up his plan to cover one guy more than the other but um yeah I, I think Yaboa could end up being really big for us I really do I, I like what I saw from him Richard Metal Gear at MT Web 33 hypothetically if there was a zombie or some form of doomsday apocalypse, what former players would you choose for survival? Number one for me, and don't make me expand on this, Parade Jerry. And the second one is Robert Conyers. Well, I don't know Robert. I know Frey is is number one, and I like I like Jamarcus Sanford too. He was yeah. he was a beast, man. Listen, that dude that dude would go in the weight room, and he was not very big, but he would shame everybody. He had he had biceps on top of biceps. And he was a dog. I'll take him all day. Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. For Brad, biggest difference or adjustment from college to the NFL? Lifestyle, practice, preparing for games, facilities, speed of the game? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is okay, so you, when you're in college, you got school to worry about. You're there to get a degree. You go in at practice. You know, most of the time our, our routine was going in from, you know, getting there 2, 3 o'clock, practice till 7 NFL, the biggest difference is, man, it's your job. It, it, you're, you're a true professional. You get in there, you know, 7.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning, and you get home 6 at night, and it, you, it, you do it all day long, man. I mean, you, you're you watching film all day. You have different sessions. You'll walk through, okay, I'm going to lift weights now. I'm going out to practice. So it's a it's a full-time job. And, listen, you can't have a day off. You, you're not guaranteed the next day. You go out there and practice, and you really botch it or mess it up. You, they're looking to replace you. They're, they're, they will tolerate you till they can replace you in the NFL. So um, it, it's just a totally different mindset. You know, college, you really can't get your scholarship pulled unless you really mess it up. NFL, you can get fired after one bad day, and you have to be very consistent. The consistency has to pick up at another level. J.A. Berry 5 at J.A. Berry 5. Can you provide insight to what happened with the two defensive players that were supposed to transfer to Ole Miss but went to Florida State? Yeah, Ole Miss screwed up. One coach in particular. Also, could Jacob Springer be eligible for this season of most players getting a free year? Probably not. I agree with Lane Kiffin. They're the only ones being punished. Is there a chance for Jacob Springer? Of course there's a chance until they tell you no. But I just get no sense of any type of optimism there. Maybe I'm completely misreading that. What's the deal with Otis? Why is he still sitting? Cade Mays came from Georgia. He's good to go. Blue card, comma, hard nose. That hard nose 15. Fast forward to this time next year. What do you think has transpired for Ole Miss in sports? If just referring to football, I think there will be a lot of excitement. I really do. You go out throughout this year, and if we compete the way I think we're going to compete, you know, um, I think there will be a lot of excitement. You know, and hopefully, hopefully, God willing, all this, you know, the COVID stuff gets by as we get a vaccine and it's back to normal. I think, I think you see a whole lot of excitement. You know, they'll, they'll get a full off season to prepare. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see, I could see us having a little bit of expectation going into next year, especially with um, you know we'll have 
We should have Corral back. We'll have most guys back on the team, so, so, so the excitement should be really high. Matt Corral is draft eligible this year. I don't think he goes this year. He might. I think kids should go when they feel like they're ready to go. Don't wait, but I think he stays for another year. Um, by this time next year, Ole Miss will have gone 5-5 five and five in football, really rebounded and built momentum with this recruiting class. Ole Miss basketball will have gone to the NCAA tournament and advanced to the Sweet 16, matching the greatest accomplishment in Ole Miss basketball history. And Ole Miss baseball will have made it to Omaha. So after all the misery and the shittiness of 2020, Ole Miss sports will have given you some happiness. I tell you who's going to be at every baseball game, Bradley Sal. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Baseball is my thing, man. It's your thing. Tucker Italiano at Tucker Italiano. Thoughts on the same five offensive linemen playing every snap and if we'll see a tweak in the lineup this week there? I'm never a fan of rotating an offensive line. It is really tough for an offensive lineman to get into a rhythm while rotating. And the only time I've ever seen that happen was in the Matt Luke era. I know he did that quite a bit, which, I mean, I understand why he was doing it, getting guys some reps and all that, but I'm not a fan of it at all. I think you, you ride – if you, you choose your five, if they're your best five linemen, they're, they're, their tails are on the field and they're working together because that five guys have to work together on the same page. And it's tough when you're rotating a guy in and out like that. I, I think that they stay out there every snap and it, it'll only make us better too, especially with, um, with, with the new guys being broken in on the inside. How do y'all feel about the tight end usage in the passing and run game? Um, I, you know, I want to see a little more in the passing game. I, you know, what we saw in the second half is what, what I'm looking forward to. But I think Kiffin, he used this tight end quite a bit in the passing game because, I mean, the kid from FAU, I think his name was Harrison Bryant, he was he was pretty solid down there. So I think there is some some good built-in stuff for the tight end. And if you look at that film, um, Yeboah blocked pretty well, man. I mean, he was he was definitely holding his point of attack on, on, on a lot of stuff, especially in some passing games, um, some, some long passes he was holding up pretty nicely. So, you know, if you look on that film, there's some good blocking by him too. Apropos of nothing, Kenny Yaboa is by far my favorite interview on this team. Harrison Bryant won the award for the best tight end in the country last year. And Kenny Yaboa, what you saw in the second half, it'll start to be more incorporated over the course of the game with a quarterback in this offense for the first time and Kenny Yaboa in his first game as an Ole Miss Rebel as a transfer. I mean, that's about as good a march as you can get. He was really good. Now, it took him a little while to get him the ball, but Kenny Yaboa, I thought, looked great, and it's only going to grow from there. How far Ole Miss has come from Phil Longo forgetting that Dawson Knox existed. Last one from Tucker Italiano. Drummond or Mingo as wide receiver two as we move forward? Um, you only can judge off what you saw in the game, you know, and I, I think that, that Drummond is Drummond's the guy. I mean, he's he's he he made multiple good plays in the game. So I mean I, I think going I think you look at him as our number two. Crawford Pay at C Pepe. If Otis Reese is cleared, how much of a difference does it actually make? And do they move Ryder Anderson back to defensive end? I think Ryder Anderson is a defensive tackle completely out of necessity. There's no other player to put there beside Katie Hill. So Ryder Anderson, they're going to sink or swim with him at defensive tackle. One player cannot solve the ills of Ole Miss defensively. Could Ole Miss be better than giving up 51 points to Florida with Otis Reese in the back end of its secondary? Maybe he jars a few of those balls loose from Kyle Pitts. But one player cannot solve the ills of Ole Miss defensively. It all goes back to one thing. Can you generate any type of pass rush? Sam Williams, Tavius Robinson, those are your best candidates. Tavius was a late arrival. We all know what happened with Sam. They're going to take a little bit of time to get their feet underneath them. Once they do, if they start to be the players Ole Miss thinks they are, that will help the secondary, and it won't be 45 to 40 games or whatever it is that – we're all predicting it to be going forward. I think Ole Miss is going to get better defensively. It can't be as bad as it was on Saturday. What was so bad Saturday is that there were times when you saw what Ole Miss was trying to do, and they did have the right guys in the right spots, but it wasn't a scheme thing. It was an athlete thing. Keydron Smith even said it. He said, I don't think it was scheme. We were in the right spots. They just had better athletes. That was coming from a starting cornerback. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And, and touching on the Ryder Anderson thing, I think, I think they would actually benefit. I understand that they they got him, you know, playing inside on the early downs, but I wish on third down they would let him rush the edge, get out a little bit wider, and rush the edge with Sam. Um, I, I think he would be better served doing that, just because that's what, he, what he's probably a little bit more comfortable doing. 
Um, but but lining up in a tight five like they were lining up and and just you know rushing straight into the line. I mean, I I'm and just just wasn't a fan. This week I, I feel like you know there's no reason to be that tight with the quarterback not being able to run. Um, you know, typically when you're when you're that tight, I experienced this when I was blocking for Russell Wilson. You know, people line up a little tighter to try to keep them lanes a little bit shorter from them um, or a little bit you know close so he can't you know step up and run. But I feel like we get get out get the guys out a little bit wider and let them rush up the field a little bit. Um, I, I would like to see Ryder out there on the edge, um, and and Otis Reese stepping in could definitely help us. I mean, there's the more guys, the better on that side of the ball. Every every, every all hands on deck there. Corey Clark at Corey underscore Clark underscore ninety one. After the offensive performance on Saturday, do you consider it to be too optimistic to think that we finish six and four? I, d- I don't. You you heard where I stand. <laughs> I I mean I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if we contended. I really would not. Just based off of looking at all the other teams, and like I said, aside from Alabama, I think that we're as. I mean we, we can we can beat any team on the schedule. I, I really believe that. With if, or like I said, if our defense plays a little bit better and our offense keeps getting better, I mean they played very well this week versus a very good opponent. They're only going to get better. I don't see why somebody would think that we couldn't compete. Sam Mooney at Sam Mooney Music. How much do you think we'll see the package with both Plumlee and Corral the rest of the season? Well, let me answer your question with another question. Has John Rice Plumlee committed to not being a quarterback? I would anticipate that picking up a little bit. I, I think that, If John think Rice Plumlee embraces that he's not a quarterback. He's going to have to. I mean, he's going to have to. to and, 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 and listen, when you're a ball player, like, I, I don't care. I wouldn't care. Like, does, does he think he was going to be an NFL quarterback? I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough thing. Why? Why not just say, you know what? I just want to play. I just want to play Ole Miss football. Put me out there. I want to score touchdowns. I want to make plays. Let's do it. I mean, I, I feel like he, he's that kind of guy. So you know, why not do it? I mean, it's to, 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 to think you're an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's that's tough. You know. So I mean, why, why not get out there and have fun and play ball and make plays in any way you can for the team? So so let's let's do it. Matt Fielder at Matt underscore Fielder. Is JRP's goal to play quarterback as long as possible or to play in the NFL? Well, Matt, that's the question, isn't it? Beham Ole Miss Club at Beham Rebel Club. What kind of contributions do you see from Luis Rodriguez and Sean Robinson for Ole Miss basketball this year? Luis is going to be a starter. He's currently their best rebounder in practice. He was on his way to a breakout, I think, season last year. I know that he wasn't averaging much by the way of points and rebounds. Actually, I think he was their second leading rebounder when he got hurt last year. So take that back about the rebounding, but he wasn't scoring a lot. I think he was going to get better as an offensive player going into league play and be more assertive. He was deferring to Brian and Devontae as he should early. But I think Luis is going to be one of the key cocks for this team. I think he has to be good. So we can talk all we want about Devontae and Jarkel and Romello White, Demencio Vaughn, you name it. I think Luis Rodriguez is equally if not more important than most every one of those guys as far as being a glue guy for Kermit Davis. Sean Robinson, he's a reserve big. He's still got to add weight. But one thing he does offer you is when you go small, he's not small, but when you go small, he's a ball handling big. So if you're wanting to push the tempo and run, Sean can do that for you. But can you consistently rebound? That's the question. Antonio Batista at PD underscore Batista. Do you see attendance going up as the season moves forward? Um, I don't think so. I think they're going to stick with 25%. I talked to Keith Carter on Wednesday. I know that the state of Mississippi has said stadiums can go to 50% capacity. I think right now, for the next couple of weeks, 25%, that's what they're going to stick with. Because it worked. See, that's the thing about the COVID discussion, all right? I don't care where anybody falls on this. I don't care what your politics are. Do not care. When it comes to COVID in sports, it has been a success. It is a success story. Three straight weeks now with no positive tests for Ole Miss. Anyone that's trying to push a narrative about COVID as it pertains to sports is only doing it for their own personal gain and their own personal agenda. Because COVID, as far as sports are concerned, I'm not talking about politics. I'm not talking about the nation writ large. I'm talking only about sports. It is a success story. If it continues like this, Keith's temperament will change potentially, and he'll make the decision to potentially bring in more people. But as of now, they're operating 25%, and I think that they'll continue to do that and keep their fingers crossed that everything continues to trend in the right direction for COVID with sports. And as we're talking here, college football, we'll get right back to Bradley Sow in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy. Believe it, the return of Ole Miss football has arrived. 
The Rebels are playing. Really, it's happening. But as exciting a time as it is, make sure you're staying safe. And that includes trusting that your pharmacy has you taken care of. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard, that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Stay safe, enjoy some football, and make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Blue-collared, comma, hard-nosed at hard-nosed 15. Thoughts on Dallas and the train wreck we've been to this point. Defensively, they're just god-awful. Did you watch their defensive secondary? Like, I don't want to hear anybody talk bad about Dak. Dak is a top-five quarterback. That's secondary, and you're an NFL player. You played for the Seahawks. You know Russ. You know he's the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. In the NFL, you do not see wide receivers running wide open consistently or you're not supposed to, against NFL defenses. That just doesn't happen. And the Cowboys, in every single game so far, three games, they have had Ole Miss-like bust under Wesley McGriff, where they're leaving guys wide open. How do you forget about Tyler Lockett? They had this one play where DK and Tyler Lockett went out on a route, just those two guys. And the four defensive backs, two cornerbacks, two safeties, they just all kind of gravitated toward the middle of the field, and both DK and Tyler Lockett could have been hit for big gains. Tyler Lockett went over the top, and Russ just dropped it in a bucket. There was five yards of separation between him and Darian Thompson. As an NFL player, tell me, you don't see that, right? This is unique to them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not very common, but, man, you lost me whenever you said Dak was a top-five quarterback. I can't. I, I I can't I, I don't I, no chance no chance he's a top five quarterback but don't make me pull the stats out on you on Dak that's irrelevant Kirk Cousins has great stats too you defended Mitch Trubisky coming into this year because he's your boy I did I'm a bear I can't go with Mitch he is he's getting better he's he's getting better and he's better, not but starting anymore I know man but he he was a two and zero quarterback <laughs> he was he was two and zero he was having a rough day but I can't I can't I can't go. I can't go after Mitch. Listen, and, and I'm not going to say a, a Mississippi State. I'm never going to say a Mississippi State Bulldog is a top five. Well, that's fine. Period. That's fine. If you want to use the old Miss excuse, that's fine. But from every statistical measure, Dak's a top five quarterback. I don't see it. It's very telling if your own owner Jerry Jones cannot agree to a contract with you. Period. Oh my that's God, Jerry gave a massive deal to Demarcus Lawrence and a massive deal to Jalen Smith, both of which have only one year of proven production in the NFL and gave them massive contracts. Let's not ever give anything to Jerry as far as contracts are concerned. He's notorious for handing out god-awful contracts and having well, to pay on those contracts 10 years after they're done. <laughs> top five quarterbacks are pretty easy to, to give a contract to. Watch I can't it. even talk to you right now. I can't even – I'm not <laughs> – Sam Mooney at Sam Mooney Music. Why didn't we see Harry Parrish on Saturday? He was out there. He played. He was on the participation chart. Little banged up. Will we see him this week? Yeah, because you saw him last week. He just was limited. I think he was banged up. Trey Porter at CRPIII. What's the current status of attendance for basketball? Is it also 25% capacity? Yes. I was told 25%. Possible they raise it uh, around January 1. Rico Fade at A Train. Like A Train. Way too early prediction. Egg Bowl over under. Mmm. I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. I want to see Mississippi State one more week. I don't know if LSU's just fell off that much by losing, you know, nearly nearly their whole lineup, or if they're just that good. But we'll we'll see. I want to see Mississippi State a couple more weeks. I want to see Ole Miss a couple more weeks as well. If you made me put total points up over under eighty four and a half, where would you go? No, I, I would. I would over. That's going to be over that yeah. all day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna be a. I mean, that may be a. 60 to 60 game. That would be so bad. That would be such a horrible game. <laughs> so bad. Galen Martin music at GM crutches. 
if Otis Reese is cleared to play, does it make a noticeable difference to the defense this season? It goes back to what I said earlier. Not One player can't make all the difference, but yes, I do think he would help. Lane Kiffin said of Otis Reese, he's one of the very best players on our roster. Lane Kiffin says that. Far be it for me to say that Otis Reese wouldn't make an impact. But as far as fixing all that ails this defense, no one player is going to do that. But certainly he would make an impact and help them. I think he would ultimately become one of their leading tacklers. That matters. So when a linebacker misses a fit, Otis Reese, he'd be there. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. If Ole Miss plays all 10 games, is there a path to five wins? I think so. I think there is. I, I think, you know, I think there's multiple teams on there that, that, that we that we will beat, and I think there's other ones on there that, that we'll surprisingly beat. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually expect Ole Miss to go five and five or better. I really do. Hunter Kinneberg at Hunt Kinneberg. Which group has to improve more on defense, the defensive line or the DBs? Well, that, that, those always run hand-in-hand. Hand. I'm going I'm to give you a good example. So, in 2000 and – I think it was 2016 no 2017 my first year with the bears we went we went five and five and eleven or somewhere like that and our our secondary was average very average well fast forward to the very next year we get khalil mack um we we were we draft um, roquan smith we add some pieces to that defense our secondary had the most interception and in, uh, maybe nfl history and and scored a, a ton of defensive touchdowns so that being said both of those go hand in hand, man. A good pass rush will make the secondary better. A good secondary can can you know can hold up pretty well. So yeah, that, that they have to run hand in hand. The defense line has to help out the secondary. You can't sit back there all day and hold somebody. Sam Mooney at Sam Mooney Music. Man, Sam's been all over this podcast. How likely is it that the SEC adopts the ten game SEC game model long term? Very unlikely. I don't think it's going to happen. David W at David Floyd Walk One. What can the defense do to improve? Pretty broad, but. All right, defensive coordinator Bradley Sal, I think you answered this pretty detailed earlier, but let's try it again. What can the defense yeah. do to improve? Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, I, I think first off, you go back, you watch the film, and, and, and you just get better, a little bit better at, at something that you're bad at the week before. I mean, I know that sounds like coach talk, but but I think I think it goes back to the defensive coordinator just being being overly aggressive and, and, and putting these guys in very aggressive situations and, and just assuming, hey, they're going to get us on some of this stuff, but I like I like I like them taking more chances and and really coming after them um, coming after the offense. Last one I could not pronounce this, so I'm just going to say at Houston underscore because the rest of it uh, no clue. Dead serious question I'd like addressed: Do we have the worst defense in the SEC? I'll hang up and listen. Um, it spans way farther than the SEC, buddy. <laughs> like we, <laughs> this yeah we're we're. We're 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 out there. We're out we're out there pretty pretty deep off into the ranks. But that being said, we can only get better. We saw the worst of what our defense could be this week, and and, and I love and listen. I'm I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna say this. I love Lane Kiffin's answers. I love transparent coaches. I play for Bruce Arians, the most transparent coach. I mean, dude called out Tom Brady. Listen, they asked him straight up, was there any positives? He blankly said no. Looked him right in the face, said no. And that that's that's is what it is. That was the worst they could play. In the game now, let's get a little better. Let's let's get a little better. I think, yeah, I think I think they're out there out there in the ranks with with, with how bad they were this week. I loved how he followed up with you know, for a second there I was kind of excited when we got the third down stop. Then we roughed the passer. I died out laughing. <laughs> My buddy David Johnson, who works with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, he's the one that asked that question, and I got where he was going. But Lane straight up said it. No, what is there to take away as a positive when you give up six touchdowns on thirty of forty two? To Kyle Trask, 600 and whatever yards it was. Kyle Pitts got 170 yards, four touchdowns as a tight end. There is nothing that you can take away as a positive. Matt Luke, he did come up with something. Hugh Freeze, he did come up with something. Lane Kiffin, no. And I appreciate, like Brad, the honesty of that. Give me the straight up. Give me the real talk. Don't say, well, you know, if we just fit better, if our eyes are in the right place. No. No, damn it. No. You sucked. And Lane Kiffin said, pretty much, we sucked. I much prefer that. Give me that all day. That's it. That's the mailbag. Did you enjoy your first mailbag? Yeah, that's fun. I like that. I mean, there's some some interesting questions. There's some people that that have quite a few questions, but... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's um that's that's awesome, man. I mean that's that's good stuff to get everybody engaged like that. Thirty nine questions. Many from Sam Mooney. I remember your name, Sam. I'm gonna remember that. It's gonna be seared into my brain after that mailbag. 
If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions on iTunes. And when you do, you know what to do. Leave a five-star review. I also write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and for the 247 Sports. Thank you, buddy. We'll talk to you again next week. Let's do it, man. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.